0: Okay, one of the most difficult things for mentors to be able to do is to understand how to respond during a triggered response that a child is having. So, we deal with children who have early developmental trauma and that means that they can get triggered. And we talk about all the time that we can't possibly think about and prevent a child getting triggered. It might just be anything that could set off their nervous system and put them in a triggered response. But what we do want to do is address the fact that they are triggered. Uh, We want to be able to respond in a trauma-informed way and what we don't want to happen is for us to ignore it and kind of feel awkward and like it's a conflict and then just let it get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, right? We want to be the therapeutic or healthy relationship that's going to say like, hey, I notice what's happening and I'm here for you. So today, what I want to do is talk about the wonder method, which is my method to triggered response intervention. And this is just a tool for mentors to be able to use when they're in mentor sessions so that they can know exactly how to respond and they can stay in the wonder and the curiosity rather than like, oh, this is getting weird. I'm going to back away. All right. So I am going to roll that intro and dive right in. I'm Rebecca Britt, and this is the Stable Moments Podcast. I started this podcast to understand from all perspectives how we can help end the foster care crisis. The overwhelming response was we need to support our local community. Unwanted, abandoned, orphaned children are the community's responsibility. We must support, guide, love, invest, raise up generations that will nurture, love, and support their own children to end this crisis. So the purpose of this podcast is to build an army of people that are interested and willing to take responsibility of our foster youth and who are supportive of foster and adoptive families. This is the on-ramp for people who want to get involved but might not know where to start. I want this to be a place where community members feel like they can make a difference, where they feel good enough to make that difference, and believe that they can be a big deal in the life of a child. Thanks for being part of our community and make sure to join the conversation in the Stable Moments podcast Facebook group. Together we can end the foster care crisis. Okay, so today we're going to be talking about responding appropriately while a kid is triggered. And this is one of the toughest situations for a mentor because they might kind of notice that things are getting out of hand, but they don't know what to do, so they kind of just let it go. And we want to give you the tools to be able to respond in those situations appropriately and as supportively as possible for the kids. So let's talk about what a triggered response is, first of all. So. This is when you actively see a child becoming dysregulated. So in front of you, they're kind of, you know, they're not present. They're not here with you anymore in the session focused on what they're doing. This could look like they're becoming hyperactive. It might look like they're coming, becoming disengaged, like they aren't focused anymore on the activity or they even leave the activity. It could be very obvious that they're getting anxious. They might start um, having behaviors like chewing on their shirt collar snapping their fingers or actually rocking their body so they're trying to like soothe themselves because they're actually having a triggered response. They might start dancing on their feet a little or, or start being loud like it's just looking like dysregulation looks like they are losing control of their body. Okay and this is typically something that they can't control. Okay, so this is caused by the nervous system going like, oh, we need to get safe. Okay, this isn't um, a kid just being defiant. And let's talk about that. So triggered response is different from traditional pushing boundaries. And we do talk about how kids with early childhood trauma will push boundaries because they are trying to get you to validate the fact that they are worthless. So they will push and push and push and push until you go, that's it. You're done. Go to your room. You know, I don't want to be here with you anymore. You're just a little jerk. Like they want to hear those things because they would go, I knew it. I knew I didn't matter. I knew you were going to quit as a mentor. I knew you weren't going to show up for me. I knew I was bad because what they know inherently is true is that they're not worthy of care or love or somebody showing up for them. They, they don't matter. They're a bad kid. Okay. So they will, they will, push boundaries to get that. So um, in these scenarios, like if a kid is pushing boundaries and they're making active choices to push boundaries, meaning they're not dysregulated, like they're anxious and their body's like going into kind of panic mode, they are actively pushing boundaries and making choices to push boundaries so that they can prove that you aren't really going to stick it through with them. So in those scenarios, you're going to label the behavior, um, tell them that there's a boundary there and why it's there. You're gonna state the natural consequence, and then you're gonna follow through or praise them for making a good choice. So an example of this would be a kid goes into the barn, takes a football, chucks it really hard, and you go, Wow, you just threw the football really hard. That's labeling the behavior. You say, we actually can't throw balls in the barn. So there's the boundary because it could hurt a horse or it could hurt somebody or it could scare a horse. Okay, so that's why the boundary there. State the natural consequence. If you throw that again, you're going to have to lose the ball. We're not going to be able to, if you can't use the ball appropriately, we can't use the ball. And then if they do throw it again, you grab the ball and you remove it and you move on. Or if they don't throw it again, be like, dude, that's awesome. Like, nice job listening to me and understanding that there's a boundary there. Nice choices. Okay. And then you move on. We don't sit on it. We don't, why would you do that? We don't, wow, you listened here. Maybe you can listen later. No, like we just either follow through and take the, do the natural consequence or we praise them for making a good choice and then we move on. Okay. So, um, triggered response intervention is a bit different. This is when kids getting actively dysregulated. It's not a defiant thing, it's dysregulation. This is so easy to ignore until it becomes a bigger problem because what it often looks like is just a little behavior. Um, You know, it could just be like a little quirky. A kid starts, you know, dancing a little bit and you're like, whatever, they're just a kid. Um, A kid starts getting nervous. And a lot of times because we don't know how to like handle that or deal with that energy, we just ignore it. But then it can go farther and farther and farther until they're completely spun out. Okay. So we usually ignore this problem because it's uncomfortable. It is a lot easier to just, it's a lot easier to just pretend uh, that it's not happening or I'm going to be in the thick of it with you. I'm just going to be here with you. Um, but it's more uncomfortable to say like, Hey, you know, I noticed that this is getting a little tough or to be validating and to show up. Okay. Um, do we need to take a break? It's, it's more difficult to do that because then it's like shining a light on something. Right? So I really felt like we needed a structured method to intervene with a trauma informed response. Like how, what does this look like? What should mentors say? What should they do? So that's where I came up with the wonder method. The reason why it's called the wonder method is because we need to stay in wonder. So as soon as our bodies go like, oh, this is weird behavior, or I think this session's getting out of control, or I think we need to come at come at it with an attitude of this is interesting. Like I am getting information and feedback from this kid, and I'm here to be a healthy, supportive adult, so this is an opportunity for me. So you're going to stay in the wonder, stay in the curiosity of this moment, okay? And that's why we call it wonder. So just even if you say the word wonder in your head, I feel like it takes some of the anxiety away, right? Like instead of like, okay, I'm going to deploy an intervention, (laughs) you're like, okay, I'm just going to wonder about this. It feels light um, and it allows you to address the Issue that's going on without causing more pressure okay so the W stands for what's happening you are literally going to state what's happening what's going on with the kid and then you are going to offer the O stands for offer a coping skill or a direction so something to calm them down something to redirect them you're gonna offer that then at that point, if you offer a coping skill and it works, like let's say you say, hey, could we see if we use the, we could do a brush stroke for five seconds and the kid does it and slows down and is able to get back regulated, then you do not need to go through the rest of Wonder, okay? You've already got the child regulated, you've offered them a coping mechanism, they were able to use it and you're good, okay? So you don't need to keep going on with Wonder. but. If they are not able to use the coping skill or they're not able to redirect, then you go on to N, which is notice something they're doing. So this could be like, I noticed you are playing with your hair. I noticed you're chewing on your collar. The reason why we do this is you're using the facts, you're stating the facts, in front of you and you're helping a child get in tune with their body because they this is a triggered response this is something that's happening out of their nervous system this is something that's subconscious they don't they're not actively making this choice so it's helping them become grounded in something they're actually doing i noticed you're playing with your hair i noticed you're chewing on your collar it's not i noticed you're playing with your hair I notice you're having a hard time right now. I notice you're chewing on your... It's not that tone. It's like, hey, I noticed this. Okay, and then describe for them what's happening in their body. So, I noticed you are chewing on your collar. Your body is telling me that you need to take a break. Okay, then we're going to go into E, which is empathize with their experience. So, we don't just want to say, I noticed this. This is what's happening in your body, and this is what we need to do. You need to try to understand their experience. This could be as easy as what's your body telling you? Okay. So you're, you're, giving, you're allowing them to offer you some perspective of what's going on for them. And then R, if you still are not making any headway. Again, if you can describe what's happening in their body and empathize with their experience. And at that point they go, actually, yeah, I do need a break. Then just go take a break. Don't go on to R. Go take the break, okay? So all of this is kind of stacked on top of each other and if you only have to go so far, only go as far as you have to go. But R is one of my favorites and I want you to use the retreat tool as much as you feel like you need to. You need to remember to take the pressure off. So you have told them what's happening, you've offered them a coping skill or a redirect that they have not been able to implement, you've noticed something they're doing, you've described what's happening in their body and they are still dysregulated, okay? this is where you need to retreat take the pressure off and the biggest tool i use is blaming myself so they're like no you're wrong i'm fine and they keep they're continuing to be dysregulated and you don't really know where to go you retreat which i love retreat because in natural horsemanship you do retreat to respect a horse as well like you take the pressure off so it's very aligned with the equine um, philosophy of natural horsemanship. But how do you take the pressure off? I blame myself. I say oh I'm sorry I actually forgot how to do this or oh I'm sorry I'm old and can we slow down a little bit? I could you teach me how to do this? I'm forgetting how to do this. So blame yourself. I don't remember. I'm old. I'm slow. I am confused. Can you help me? And then it gives the control back to them. This isn't you saying this is what's happening. You should try this. I noticed you were doing this. This is what your body's telling me. Is that what your body's telling you? Okay, well, let's change it. No, it is you trying to notice some things, trying to give them some words for their body, telling them what's happening, empathizing with them. And then if you're still nowhere, retreat and say, you know what? I, you know, I'm just slow. I'm confused. I was wondering if you could help me. And now it's like, you're not asking them to do something that you feel like they should do to fix them, but you are retreating and putting the pressure, the blame on yourself and then asking them to help you. And a lot of times this will shift the energy and they won't feel like blamed or punitive um, or shame. And they'll go like, sure, I can help you. And they'll opt into the behavior more. So let's go through some of the examples of this in action. So let's say you have a scenario where you notice a kid getting antsy and rushing through their brushes. They're just like starting to like get really antsy and they are they were calmly brushing their horse and now they're rushing through. So the what's happening might be, wow, you're moving fast through your brushes. Just make an observation. Just label what's happening. Then you're going to offer a coping mechanism or a redirect could you make one brush, brush stroke last five seconds? And you could even model it for them. One, two, three, four, five. Wow, that really like slows the kid down, right? So you just go, uh, could you make one brush stroke last ten, five seconds? And if it works right there, be done, right? Now you guys are slowly brushing together and you're actually working through regulation and it's beautiful and you don't need to keep going. But let's say they're like, uh, they're still bouncing around. They're still moving through their brushes. Um, Notice something. I noticed you skipped the hard brush. Describe what's happening in their body. Your body's showing me that you need to take a break. Empathize. What's your body telling you? And then retreat. I'm sorry. I forget what order the brushes go in. Could you show me? All right. Next scenario. A kid is being loud and hyperactive around the horse. So I know this happens all the time and this is really where uh, mentors start feeling like they're losing control of the session. So the what's happening might be, whoa, those are big noises around the horse. You are literally labeling what's happening. Those are big noises around the horse. Offer a coping skill. Can you show me how to plant your feet like a tree? So this kid's jumping around the horse and you're really feeling like you need to get the kids safe and situated. So can you show me how you plant your feet like a tree and do it yourself? Stomp your little feet down and get them stuck like a tree. If this works, then you could even come up with something like, okay, how about every time I say tree, we do that. We freeze and we put our feet in the ground. Okay, so this could make it kind of like a game to help regulate and understand their body. But if that doesn't work and they're continuing to move their feet and they're kind of still all over the place, and notice something. I notice you're chewing on your shirt. Describe what's happening in their body. Your body's t- showing me that you need to go for a run. Empathize. How would going for a run feel for you? And then retreat. I'm sorry, I get nervous with a lot of big movements around the horse. I think I'd like to go for a run. Could we go together? Okay, so this is the, the retreat and the blame yourself is so beautiful for like, now I'm not suggesting you do it. I actually need it. Could you help me? Okay, another scenario. A kid gets distracted and runs away from you. They Let's say you're sitting there brushing the horse and they get distracted and they run off. The what's happening hey you ran away from me yes you might need to go find the kid but state what's happening offer a coping skill would you like to move on from our current activity so this is a redirect more than a coping skill but would you like to move on from our current activity you're kind of labeling what you're seeing and then if they say, yes, I'd like to move on, then you would want to say, okay, well, we need to go pick up our brushes first and then we can move on and you show them that that way. If they're still completely distracted, let's say they're in the barn doing their own thing and they're distracted and they're not giving you a yes or no, then notice something. I noticed you're very interested in what your brother is doing. So maybe they went to look at what their brother is doing that comes to the barn at the same time. And so you just say, I noticed you're interested in that. Your body is showing me that you're ready to switch activities, so you're suggesting again. Then empathize. What is your body telling you? Now, if this is a really distracted kid and they are like not even able to hear you or listen to you, I definitely would say get down on their level. Um, you can even like hold their you know forearms or something as it's appropriate. Um, but to really ground them and look them in the eye and say like, Hey, I noticed you're really interested in what your brother's doing. That's okay. You could even say like, do you want to go check in on him real quick and then we'll go back to our activity. A lot of kids with, um, attachment disorders, which means that they are, you know, they're nervous that they they don't have a healthy attachment with their biological parents. They're not with their biological parents anymore. The only family they may have is a sibling that's at their home if they're lucky. And so, Wanting to go check in with the only attachment figure that they know um, is really, really normal. And we shouldn't say, you can't be in your brother's session. What we should say is like, hey, how do we check in quickly without bothering his session? We'll run. We'll go look at your brother. Yep, he's doing fine. You know, do a 30 second look or a 10 second look. And then you come back. Then what you say is, hey, you can go see your brother anytime if you just want to look and see where he's at. We can do that anytime. You just need to tell me. Just say, brother, and we'll go together. Okay? But we can't leave Sparky out in the cross ties by himself, so we do need to let Sparky know where we're going. Okay? So, you know, this isn't like, this is not given to you because you're like, have to do them exactly in this order. And if you don't do it this way, nothing else will work. This is like something you can use if you're like, how would I go about this? kid being dysregulated. This is something you can use. But yes, like every scenario is different. Use your judgment. Just be playful, uh, attuned, and curious, and empathetic, which is our main approach, and you'll be fine. But these are like real tangible examples, okay? So when you're at the point of empathizing and you're saying, you know, your body's telling me you're ready to switch activities. What's your body telling you? They might not have an answer. But if you're down at their eye level and you're really trying to engage with them, they may say, you know, I don't know, or they may at least be contained a little bit more. Um, and then you can ask them again, like, would you like to, you know, would you like to move on? Did you want to check in with your brother and try to let them know that whatever their body is feeling right now, it's okay. Okay. And then if you, you know, are not making any headway, then do the retreat. I'm sorry. I'm confused. The plan we said included brushing the horse. Can you help me understand if we're changing the plan right now or are we sticking to the one we made? Because the kids in our program make a three-part plan and they're allowed to change that plan as long as they do it in a way that they choose, you know, it's deliberate. So they're like, hey, I know that I said I wanted to do this activity next, but I just realized there's hula hoops over there. I'd much rather use the hula hoops. So can we change the activity? Sure, we can change the hula hoops. That means you're not going to be able to do this activity. Is that okay? Yes, okay. Because what you don't want to do is just switch and do another activity and then they still think they get to do the original thing. Okay, so it needs to be very intentional and very deliberative if they're gonna switch. So that's why this, I'm sorry, I'm confused. The plan that we said was this. And now I'm not sure, are we changing the plan or are we going to stick to the plan that you made? And remember, the kids in our program make their own plans. And the reason we do this is for a whole lot of reasons, but they have ownership and they have control. If you remind a kid that the plan is their plan and that you're just trying to stick to it and you're just confused, are we changing it or not? A lot of times they want to go back to their plan because they're like, oh, right, I was running this show. Right, right. Yeah, we're doing my plan. Okay, so that's the, the retreat method. Okay, and a final example, a kid gets emotional writing a card to her mom. So the what's happening is, I see you're tearing up. The offering a coping skill is, could we talk about it? Okay, because a lot of times, right, just talking something through is a coping skill. So let's say the kid just stays quiet and keeps tearing up but doesn't say anything you can notice something I noticed you're bouncing your leg your body's showing me that you're really uncomfortable right now and then ask what is your body telling you and then if you get you still get nothing you tried to acknowledge it because the thing is is most mentors would would, wouldn't do anything they'd start tearing up the kid would start tearing up and the mentor might get uncomfortable and then they both sit there and The kid would wonder if you saw them crying and then you're ignoring it. And it's all weird for everybody. It's just awkward. So it's better to say, I see you're tearing up. Could we talk about it? I noticed you're bouncing your leg. Your body's showing me that you're uncomfortable. What's your body telling you? And then if they don't want to talk about it, they wish you never brought it up. You can say, I'm sorry. Sometimes I don't read situations right. I'll be right here. And if you want to talk about it, we can, but we don't need to. Okay. So again, the retreat. I'm sorry. I've put a lot of pressure on this situation. And and sometimes I don't read situations right. But I'm here for you. And if you ever want to talk about it, we can. And then you keep going. Then you can just let her cry and sit right next to her. And you're making your card and she's making her card. That's totally fine. But what I don't want to happen is you see a triggered response and you just stay silent. Try to label it, try to talk about the body, uh, and then release some pressure. Take, take, put yourself in that spot and say, you know, I'm sorry. Sometimes maybe this is my fault. I'm slow. I'm confused. I'm old. Um. I'm old and I'm slow are usually good ones when you need to get a kid to slow down because you're like, I can't walk that fast. Can we take slower steps to the arena? I'm sorry, I just, I know, I'm old, okay? And it totally, instead of it's you as an adult saying, slow down, slower steps, I need you to be aware of your body. Okay, that's very like, ooh, even when we do that with horses, back, back up, back up, back up, like you just feel the energy coming through the speakers right now, it's like, ew. I will back up, I don't like you lady. So instead we just need to be like, okay, instead of like, smaller steps, let's be aware of our body, let's not run, let's walk. I, have a, uh, I am like so slow and I'm so tired today. Can we walk slow? Let's Let's see how slow we can walk. Will the horse go as slow as we go? Let's walk slow, okay, let's walk fast, okay, let's walk slow. Things like that to make it fun, but also show that we can regulate our bodies. We actually can choose to walk slow or walk fast or however we want to, um, to accommodate the mentor or the horse, you know, or the kid. So I hope this wonder method helps you. Um, I will leave, um, a PDF so that you guys can use this method and print it out or whatever, but, um, Remember, you're supposed to be staying in the wonder. So as soon as you feel yourself going, oh, this is weird, this is getting out of control, I don't know what to do, go, I wonder, I'm gonna stay in the wonder. And then think about what's happening, offer a coping skill, notice something, describe what's happening in their body, empathize with them, and then retreat and blame yourself. I hope that this is helpful, remember, even just getting little bits and pieces and trying again and again and again is all that's expected of you. You don't need to get this right. And even me, if I was, I've, I created this and if I was out with a kid and I was like, oh, I wonder, I might not get this right. I might not remember like what W means or what O means, like, oh, I forgot. Uh, I don't remember what that one means or what I'm supposed to say. But you remember some of it and just try to do some of it, right? Like. The better we can do, the more we can stay in the wonder. Jeez, even if you just stay in the wonder, instead of going, oh, and getting like a little turtle inside your shell and getting nervous because you're like, oh, there's emotions. There's weird stuff happening. The kid knows there's weird stuff happening. And we're like, hey, this is, a, this is an okay place for that. And I'm going to stay in the wonder with you. All right. I hope that was helpful. Thanks, guys.